interesting. Okay, so for the last three sessions, so we ended up like three weeks ago, we finished our session on submission, and for the last three sessions, we've just been going on what the Holy Spirit has given us in the moment. So the last, if you weren't here for the last two, the first one was renewing your mind. We talked about that. The last one was, oh, then it was, did you come to serve or be served? And this week, uh, Leona and I are finishing up um, our time before you. And so we thought that what the Lord gave us, we would pass on to you. And what's interesting, we we're talking about it, and we go, you know what? We should be sitting out there because this is really for us. And so we hope that what is for us is also for you. And we believe it is. So um, let's go to the theme scripture, which is in Philippians, the first chapter, the sixth verse. And so if you've been to... Um, if you've been to service already, you kind of know where pastor is going. And um, our verse is in Philippians. Um, so it's interesting, you know, how God does things, right? But our verse says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So this last session, <clears throat> excuse me, is called Trust the Process. Trust the Process. So in the world today, process is not really something that is popular because we live in an instant world that wants instant results, right? So I turn my computer on and my computer takes longer than a minute to boot up. Something's wrong with this computer, right? I got a virus, I got a bug. This thing's slow, I gotta buy a new one because it's unbelievable that I have to wait a whole minute for this computer to boot up. So we go to fast food, and we have to wait more than five minutes for our food. This is ridiculous. Why am I waiting so long to get my food? I can't believe it. I've got places to go. I've got things to do. There's a reason they call it fast food, because I need it now, right? And then we have to say something when we go up to the window, hey, I've been waiting for six or seven minutes. I cannot believe this. What's going on? <laughs> We've even gotten to the point now where, um, and I think you guys have heard me say before, um, jokingly, but it's really not so funny, welcome to the third world. Because now we've gotten to the point where we don't stop at red lights. We just zip past cars that are stopped and go through. We don't necessarily feel like we have to drive with the flow of traffic. 
even though, you know, the flow of traffic on Highway 4 when there is no traffic is 70, 75, we may do 90 and weave through cars because this is, our thinking is being ramped up. We don't necessarily even do Facebook or Twitter, <coughs> we do Snapchat, Instagram, and so many levels, life is getting faster and faster and faster. Maybe not for you guys sitting here, but you guys have experienced the people who whizzed past you when you were waiting at the stoplight. You've experienced driving in what was, hey, this is good, we're moving at 65, 70 miles an hour and somebody's going way faster than you, weaving in and out of cars. This is the time frame that we're in. And it's not so much about my quip about welcome to the third world, it's more about how fast we're going and how we expect life and everything in life to still keep going at that fast pace. The question is, is that really good for us? So in the world that we have, that we live in now, that we are, we are conditioned for things to be quicker, to be faster. My question is, what did we ever do before microwaves? How many of us remember back in the dark ages of no microwave? <laughs> Use that bottom oven, that mm -hmm. bottom part of the oven. Right. <clears throat> now, how long, yeah. <laughs> how long did you have to wait for your food to heat up, right, so that you can eat? Yeah. I can see my grandson saying, wow, were there dinosaurs alive at that time? Too? <laughs> Grandpa? How many right. of us even watch TV shows that are old and we're like, how come they don't text them or call you? Know, and then you catch yourself going, oh yeah, they didn't have that back then. <laughs> Before cable TV. Right. But unfortunately, um, we bring those things into um, the things of God. Because now, many times when people pray, we want that prayer to be answered quickly. Right? God, I prayed that prayer last night, and I woke up this morning, and that prayer hasn't been answered yet. Right? So we feel like our instant God should be keep up with the times. Right? We're in an instant world. We need instant answers. And don't get me wrong, there's sometimes when you have a prayer, and there's a deadline, and you need to know something. But for the most part, when we're talking about relationships, God works through a process. It's a process. So trusting the process is realizing that God is doing a work in his time. He has an end goal in mind. He knows where thing has things where he's taking things, but there's a process. 
So many times in things that we pray, pray, if we're praying for a loved one, if we're praying for a spouse, if we are in relationship with someone and we are praying for that person, realize it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process. It's going to take a process of time. And God is not slow. God didn't forget about the prayer. But he's working with human beings. And it's going to be a process. We run into this a lot of times when we are coaching couples. It would be interesting. We'll coach a couple that have been married maybe 10 years, 12 years. So it's taken all that time now for them to get into these issues. But now, when we coach them and say, okay, you're gonna to have to begin this process of working through these issues, inevitably you get, how long is this gonna take? <laughs> yeah, a lot longer now. <laughs> <laughs> how long is this gonna take? You know? Because, why? Because it's like, you know, I'm here in this situation and I want this fixed, you know, quickly. Oh, well, you know, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to go to class. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to work through the process, right? But we don't want process, right? We want, as Pastor was saying upstairs, instant gratification. We don't want to have to go through a process. But God does not work on your idea of instant gratification. It doesn't work like that in a relationship. So when um, the Jews were going through the wilderness after they left Egypt, how did they get fed? Manna. What was that? So it was a miracle, right? They were eating miracle food, miracle angels food. But what did God tell them when they entered into Canaan? Canaan, the, the, the little feet. <laughs> what did God tell them when they entered into Canaan? Did they eat? Manna, when they crossed the Jordan? No, I don't think so. Did quail fall from heaven? Uh-huh. When Joshua was their leader? They had to learn to live by the land. Miracles are great, and I am, I am you know, I, I want to see miracles. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of those that believes that miracles are passe or that they should be passe. No, I, we all have been at times in our lives when we needed miracles. And we needed that sudden breakthrough, just like Joe saying, you know, you pray and you're like, you know, oh God, this is like the 11th hour and I still don't have that thing that I've been asking for. But God wants us to learn how to live in blessing. And living in blessing involves living in relationship with him according to his way of doing relationships. Not just the one we have with him, but the one we have, the ones we have this way. 
speaking about miracles, <clears throat> when we think about miracles, we always have this idea of something that's, that happens instantaneously. You know, raising the dead, you know, healing a leper. But do we realize that God is in the miracle business all the time? Because something is done in, in a process does not make it any less of a miracle. I would venture to say that all of you in here are miracles. Because I'm sure that if we were able to play the tape of your lives and we went back to a time when you didn't know God, you lived your life the way that you wanted to live it. And we could go back and take a snapshot of that, right? And then we could fast forward and take a snapshot of you this morning. I would venture to say that every one of you is a living, walking, breathing miracle. Because over the process of time, God knew what he wanted to do in you. And he knew the situations, he knew the circumstances, he knew the people, he knew the difficulties that you would go through. And he would take all those things and do a work in you so that you could be sitting here today as a living, breathing miracle. And a miracle that's not yet finished, okay? Because in process, there are places that God, markers all along the way, that God is looking at, but there's still more process. Let's dig deeper into this, um, into this scripture and um, get an idea of what we're talking about. So Paul first starts out in this scripture. He says, that being confident in this, okay? Confident in this, confident because he knows who he's talking about. He's confident in the fact that God is gonna complete what he started. And so as he's writing to the Philippians, he's saying, look, I'm telling you that I'm confident in this fact that what God has started, he's going to finish. So that begs the question, can anybody ever remember a time, ever, that God did not finish what he started Never. You go to the scriptures and look from Genesis to Revelation. There's never been a time that God did not finish what he started. So Paul is saying in this, my confidence is not in you. My confidence is not in your ability to step up to the plate and make it happen. My confidence is that God, my confidence is that the one that started it is going to finish it. 
God is going to carry it out. Here is the truth of the statement is that God has a plan for every single one of you. He has a plan for every single one of you. And the thing about that is he never loses sight of that plan. See, human beings, we can come, I know in my own life, boy, I started so many, I've had so many plans for so many things. Ooh, I can't even just begin to tell you how many. (coughs) Wow, this is really great. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the other thing. But right now, we need to open up these windows. What is going on? (laughs) This is like, this is crazy. Anyway. But I had all these plans. Thank you. Right? And something will go on along the way. Something will change. Something will happen. This or that. And I didn't complete it. Didn't finish it. God is not like us from the standpoint of he's always had that plan. He's always had that goal. He's always had that purpose in mind. So even though you don't see it, you don't see the external things, that goal, that plan is in God's mind. And his process is always clear, defined, and focused. Always. You know, God doesn't like, you know, we're halfway through and go, oh, you know, Jesus, we got to change things up because this isn't working. So we got to change this plan. He doesn't change the plan. The plan is still the same. Well, there's a variable, but it's not on God's side. God's plans for you has not changed. They're clear, they're defined, and they're focused. The third thing about this, you see toward the end of that verse, he says that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, which means the process is ongoing. Okay, the process won't stop until two things happen. Either you go to see Jesus or Jesus comes down here to see you. Mm-hmm. But until then, that process continues. So no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, there's always a higher place. There's always a goal. There's always a purpose. There's always a focus that God has on you and what he wants you to do and the plans that he wants you to do. Trust the process. I'm not saying trust in the process. I'm saying trust in the one that has the process. Okay, because we can be process people, like Pastor was saying upstairs. We can have... the plan and this and that and it's all together and it's like yeah I'm putting all my faith and my trust in the process yeah well if you're driving the process you're putting your faith and trust in the wrong thing that's why I love Proverbs 3 5 and 6 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. 
That means he has a clear, defined path. He's got a purpose. He's got a focus that he wants you to go in. But he says, look, you got to trust me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't start looking around. Situation and circumstance. <clears throat> I've been praying for my, for my wife for eight years, and nothing's changed. I've been praying for my son to come to the Lord and for 10 years, and nothing's changed. I've been praying for my sister for 15 years, and nothing's changed. All right? You don't know that. You don't know that because you are not privy to the inner workings of what God needs to do in that process to make that come true. That's why the scripture says that we always should never fail in praying and should always believe and not doubt. Because if you pray that prayer and, you're, and you know that God, that lines up with God's will, whether you see it five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, doesn't change the fact that God's going to answer that prayer. But he knows what the process is going to be. So I'm going to tell you the story about my, my, um, my grandmother, and then we're going to pass this acronym out. My grandmother was a very God-fearing woman. Loved the Lord, loved Jesus, prayed every day. And she was praying, had been praying earnestly for her children to be saved. My grandmother went to her deathbed, never seeing her children get saved. Today, all of her children, but one, think, are saved. She never wavered in that through her whole life. Right. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 11 talks about how people were for something that they saw in God that they weren't able to see in their own lifetime. But they didn't waver because they knew the one that they entrusted and they knew the one that they had put their trust in that he was going to deliver. So as Leona's passing this out, my admonition to you is whatever God has put on your heart to pray for, whatever, whatever God has put on your heart to battle for in prayer, to intercede for in prayer, do not let the situation or the circumstance dictate your belief or unbelief that that thing is going to happen because you don't know. There are too many stories. I've personally heard of too many stories that people gave up on people, gave up on situations, gave up on circumstances that they thought were totally hopeless. And God was still doing a work in, their, in those people's lives. Where is the scripture that 
God was talking to somebody and he basically said that that thing you no longer pray about, I'm doing it now. Um, that is oversimplified. Zechariah. Right. I think it's um, he doesn't give we give up but he doesn't give up on us right because he was talking about John being born being conceived by Elizabeth okay believe that's his scripture scripture also says when we are faithless he is faithful because he cannot deny himself even when you can't be faithful God's going to be faithful that's the kind of God that he is. So, um, here's another acronym. I don't know, the last couple of weeks, guys, we're thinking about acronyms. I don't know. And I'm not an acronym person. I'm just like, where's this guy? You are now. Yes, so, like, acronym? What? So, anyway, um, so this acronym process. First and always, we should pray in all situations and circumstances, right? Everything for this life has been given to us according to Christ, as that out of 2 Peter 1, 3. And we need to be in intimate relationship with him as God works through the process. Okay. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he's having some marital issues. And so we went out for dinner, and he was saying, I don't know why this happens, but he says every time that a situation or circumstance comes up with my wife, because they're, you know, they're battling through stuff, communication, and they're just like, you know, and it's like, you know, we keep doing all of this, going over this thing, and it's not working, and this and that. And he says, every time that happens, I tend to move further away from God. I stop praying. I stop reading my Bible. I stop talking to God. And he says, I don't know why I do that. And I said, that for a lot of people is the tendency. It's almost like, okay, well, when everything's going good, you know, now, hey, God, we're all good. Everything's fine. When things start getting rough, people pull away. And I said, you have to overcome that from this standpoint. The very thing that you need to overcome the situation or the circumstance is in God. It's not outside of God. So you have to overcome that tendency that when things get difficult is when I need to press more into God, not to turn my back from God. Because what I'm doing is I'm disconnecting myself from the very power source that I need to help me overcome what I'm overcoming. So when you think of process, okay, no matter what your situation, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're not seeing, you have to push more into God. You have to push deeper into him. You have to get more of what he's trying to give you, not less. The second letter in the process is R, rest. 
you're in a super fast world and everybody's, we're all going like this, 100 miles an hour, right? It's why um, I actually have some handouts from the last three sessions if any of you guys want some afterwards. But it's why we talked about a couple of weeks ago that you need to not only rest in God, but you need to intentionally begin to make some time where you and God are in communication. And when I mean communication, I don't mean that you're there talking for 45 minutes and you don't give God any time to say anything. I think I mentioned this Wednesday in, in uh, men's class. I won't say this on tape, but I know a person who every time he calls me, I love him to death, but he wants to talk for 40, 45 minutes. That's not a conversation, right? That's me on the phone and him talking, right? So many times I'll put the phone down on speaker, go make myself a sandwich, go to the bathroom, do all that kind of stuff, come back, still talking. Right? That's not a conversation. So in prayer, if you're always the one that's talking, that's not a conversation. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if you want to start partnering with God in process, you need to put some time together where it's not giving your needs to God. You need to do that. But this is time when you and God focus time. It's going to be like, God, here I am. Let's just have a conversation. I want to hear what you got to say. I want to hear what's on your mind. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What about this? What about that? And let him speak to you and tell you what it is that he needs to say. Third letter in process, obedience. And you see here, to be in partnership with the Lord is to be obedience to his word. Your disobedience can be a major hindrance in the process. Because a process works when you are walking, according to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When you're walking and you are trusting in the Lord and you're listening to him, and he is trying to pour out into you the direction you need to go. But that doesn't do any good if God says, I think this direction you should go and go, ah, how about coming up with another idea because I don't really like that one. <laughs> or I'll just wait around to maybe you change your mind and you'll give me a different idea because I don't really like that one. Okay. The only thing that's going to stop you from getting to where you need to go is you, not God. Because he's doing everything he can in the foreground, in the background, everything he's doing to get you to where he's trying to get you. But he's not going to drag you there. 
All right, he's not gonna just like pull you all, you know, come on, come on to your destiny. He's not gonna pull you there. That's why you guys have heard me before. You know that there's nobody in heaven that doesn't want to be there? All right, that's what happened. I gotta live for eternity and just all this stuff that, you know, you have for me. All right, well, I guess there's nothing better else for me to do. That's why Jesus says, up until now, the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, and the violent take it by force. You know what he was saying there? He's saying, look, heaven is so good, people are doing whatever they can do to get there. They're going to do whatever they got to do, whatever they got to give up, whatever they got to do to get to heaven. Heaven is so good, they're going to take it by force. <clears throat> Taking it by force really implies that there are things that we have to overcome. There are things that we're going to have to put down. There are things that we're going to have to pick up. And these are not necessarily things that we want to do. We may prefer to keep doing what we have been doing. I mean, you know. It's always great when you're on a diet and you can eat all you want, right? Isn't that what some of the ads show us on TV? You can have all this food if you go on this plan. Okay, that sounds good, looks good, it's very appealing. But in reality, is that really how it works? Or is there some <clears throat> discipline involved? Is there obedience to something involved that I need to partner with in order to overcome that thing that I'm being challenged with. Obedience, oh, obedience is not is not necessarily fun. But it is necessary. And we laugh when we you know, hear uh, Joe's example of, you know, all right, God, I'm not going to do it, you know, until you give me another plan. Um, in part, we laugh because we're all guilty of that in some way, shape, or form. We may not say it in that way, but we'll get busy. We'll do something else rather than do that thing that he's asked us to do. And most time we'll get busy doing church stuff. Right. Stuff that's supposed to be really good. Right. But not the stuff that he told us. Right. So it's 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 a it's a journey. We're not saying like he said earlier, you know, we need to hear this too. So we're not saying this because we have it mastered or, you know, whatever, we're the best, we're the experts. No, we are not. We are hearing this, it's impacting us and we're sharing with you what he's convicting us with. He's convicting us. Because there are some things that we really like that we're not going to be able to do. That's just the truth of it. And they could be good things. They some are. of them are good things. Some of them are really good things. But it's not where he's trying to take us. And so the question is, do we love where we are more than we love where he wants to take us? And that's something that we all got to wrestle with, and that's not an easy place to wrestle with. 
That puts a lot of stuff on the table. Next letter, um, C, confidence. You know, we talked about this one already. And Paul had said that he was confident that God was going to finish. There's a thing about confidence that we have to nurture. Confidence is not something that we're just going to kind of like fall into, right? Confidence is something that we have to nurture. And the way we nurture that is we nurture that in knowing who God has created us to be. We nurture that in what God has called us to do. We nurture that by going back and looking at the promises that God has given us and to work on building confidence. Confidence is not something that, you know, you go to bed, God, please give me confidence. And you wake up in the morning and go, wow, I got all the confidence in the world. It's amazing. can't believe it. I wish it would be like that, but that's not how it works. Clark Kent just puts on a suit and he has confidence. That's right. It is. Amazing what happens between having glasses on and not glasses yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. really huge. Yeah. Yeah, guys, uh, uh, the movie, is it Evan Almighty? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Morgan Freeman is God, right? Mm -hmm. And that's so good. But, um, the wife has left her husband because he's building an ark mm. and stuff, right? And she's in a restaurant. And she is just at her wit's end. And she's kind of like praying. And Morgan Freeman comes up. And they're talking. And, and the stuff she was complaining about, you know, she wants a family. She wants this and this, this. And he says, you know, sometimes when you pray for that, God gives you the opportunity to act it and do it mm -hmm. rather than just... Mm -hmm. Here, process. Process. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes Hollywood gets it right. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes you know? they do. <laughs> right. Thank you for that. Yeah, I completely forgot yeah. about that scene. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times, the very thing that he is, the very thing that we're asking for, mm -hmm. he's doing it, but he's doing it in process. But so, it doesn't look the way we've imagined it okay. should look, so we discount it. Right. It's not that instant it's, miracle. Yes. And that's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is so powerful, because he says trust, but do not lean to your own understanding. Right? Because our own understanding says what? God is going to do it. He's going to do it in this way. He's going to do it in this time. And he's going to do it in the way I think it ought to happen. Right? And it doesn't. My uncle got saved on his deathbed two days before he died. Now, I'm sure his wife was praying a whole lot because his wife wasn't Christian. And I'm sure she was praying, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be really good when he gives his life to the Lord and we'll serve in ministry and we'll do this and we'll do all those things. And she may have had that in her mind and she might have been praying that for years. Right? And what was the most important thing? For him to be saved. That's right. That was the thing that was on her heart. Right? Two days before he passed. Right? But it just didn't happen in those two days. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When she way back here was praying those prayers, right? 
everything that was happening, every seed that was being planted, every prayer that was being prayed, right? God had a process, and he was working that out every hour, every day, every moment, till he got to that point. Because God knew it's going to take all this to get you here for that prayer to be answered. So don't give up. Don't give up. Encourage. We talked about this a few, a few weeks ago in terms of being uh, created to serve. Be encouraged and be an encourager. Because here's the thing, when you're confident that God will complete the, the process, okay, you can encourage another one, another person to say, hey, have confidence. Have confidence in God, have confidence, because he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Because many times, people need to hear that. They need to see somebody confident in God to come alongside and encourage and say, you know what, God's good. God is going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know which way he's going to do it. But be encouraged. Have faith in God. Part of the process. S, sight. Pastor alluded to that today. Keep your eyes on Christ and his promises. Situations and circumstances always always, always, always have the potential to take our eyes off of Christ. You have to be prepared for that. You have to be girded up for that. As the Bible says, your loins girded. King right? James. Thank you. You have, to, you have to be prepared for that. Right? You have to have things, you have to have your prayer in place, you have to have your word in place, you have to have your communication, your, your intimate relationship with God in place. Because guess what? When you get to the situation or the circumstance you're going to need it, that's really a bad time to start trying to find it. Right? Be prepared because it's going to happen. If, it's, if you don't have it happening now, I can just about guarantee sure as the sun's going to come up in the east tomorrow, you're going you're gonna to find it. It's going to be there. It's going to be waiting for you. All right? Don't wait till that happens. To now, it's like, oh, okay, i got to find Jesus. i got to find Jesus somewhere. You know, i got to find Jesus. You know, that's how people did on 9-11. You know the story of 9-11, right? The little church in the middle of 9-11. Right? Five people every day at noon for the service would show up. Right? September 12th, they had a line, three, three lines around the block. Right? Everything's falling apart. Oh, i got to find God. i got to find God. As soon as stuff starts falling apart, okay, we put God in the closet to the next time we need him. Right? That's not a relationship. Right? And the last one, and then Ron will have you come up. And the last one is spirit. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit given to you as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Oh, before I finish that, here's a really important thing on sight. 
Keep the big picture in mind. Keep the big picture in mind. Don't lose sight of the big picture, regardless of what the situation or circumstance is. Don't lose sight of the big picture. All right? Because God is a big picture God. He's working on the big picture. All right? Don't let the situation and circumstances suck you in and again, get that offered. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a deposit. The most powerful and tangible gift that God could have given to you. All right? I don't know what more to say about that. It's just that he, you're a temple, right? Pastor said you're a temple. The Holy Spirit of God has been deposited in you, is, is alongside you, right? You're not alone. You're not doing this by yourself. I don't care what anybody tells you, right? You have the most powerful presence of the universe living inside of you. So the idea is, how do I tap into that? Right. It's not how about how do I try to fix it, it's how do I tap into the most powerful presence in the universe that is living inside of me. And I have 24-7 access to that. How do I tap into that? And that becomes a priority, right? That has to become a priority. Because anything that you want to do out in this physical realm, the power to do it is already has been put into you as that Holy Spirit. Tap into that. It's why he gave it to you. It's, it's he's saying, it's, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee as a deposit. Man, we should be like, we should be hungering for that more than job position, more than retirement, more than vacation, more than all that other kind of stuff that the world sucks us into. Right? We've talked about it. You are already eternal beings. You realize that. You are already eternal. You have already stepped from death to life. It's not something that you're attaining later on. You've already attained it. So when you pass from this life to the other life, your life, you realize your life's continuous, right? You realize that there's no, for you, there's no ending anymore. There was once, but not anymore. There is no ending. You're passing from one sphere to another, but you're alive, you're eternal already, right now. Right? God is preparing you today for that, tomorrow. 